I'll be your right hand man. Alrighty, uh, as usual, it's uh, Tuesday night, Scuba and the Rye. Thank you Rye guys guy. for coming to hang out with us. Thank you. Uh, a couple of quick announcements before we got, get into all the fun. Uh, the first thing being that we want to give a shout out and a thank you to Sirenscape for the background and soundboards. Uh, we got the uh, ambient fire, fire ambiance in the mountains for this first bit, and we'll kind of go through there. I've uh, been working with Sirenscape for about a year now, and they are absolutely phenomenal. They got great sound sets for use in all your tabletop and uh, board game activities. So go check them out at sirenscape.com. I uh, also want to thank to the big shout out and thank you to our community, our followers, our subscribers, everybody who downloads and checks out our content. Much love, really appreciate it. And if you're and best way you can help is continue to share it out. Follow, like, subscribe, pat, spread the word around, because uh, the more we grow, the better we can get in our content and more fun stuff we can bring to y'all. Yes, we bring this to you, and thank you for following and sharing this out to everybody out there. Uh, now, how's our volume levels, Chad? Are we still looking good on the volume? I think so. <laughs> Thanks, Shadow Mains. Appreciate that. Alrighty, uh, another thing I wanted to announce that I uh, got my Amazon affiliate program link back up and running. Uh, should be a thing here on the Twitch panel. You can check out a couple of lists that I put together. One of them being uh, the build for the PC that I'm using for production since, you know, COVID and diving into this completely. It's totally worth it. Uh, it's going to work on some other lists, but at least that's enough to get started. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, as you can see, we've got that Extra Life donation bar in there, Part working with Extra Life to raise money for the kids. So the more you contribute, the more we can help the kids. And we'll get into that as a little bit later. I think that's pretty much it. And you know what? I'm not going to make them wait any longer. We got a guest tonight, right? Yeah, we have somebody special. Oh, somebody. yeah. Very special. Very talented. None other than Plunk Rock, Falfer, Mr. Joel OJ. Hey, Joel, how we doing? How are you guys doing? Good to be here. Man, really good. Welcome, welcome. Around it. Totally. All right, I can hear you now. I thought I couldn't hear you in my headset. Go figure. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Scoob. Hey, Rye Guy, how you doing? Hey there, hey there. Welcome, welcome. Nice to meet you. Yeah, see if I maybe I'm just double vision. It's all good. It's all good. Double dip in the, the ocean. Him, so hopefully he'll be able to bring him back in. But uh, while we're waiting on uh, Joel to come back, Rye, what you been up to, my friend? Uh, I've been just uh, a mixture of fun and busyness. Uh, work is just um, forever training something or someone or doing something for Optima. But you know, the the more that healthcare expands, the more things I got to train. So um, that's on the work front. Um, on the school front, getting bombarded by ODU emails. School starts August 15th, so of course, grad school will be knocking at the door. Um, went uh, to Farmhouse with you and uh, my lovely girlfriend, Angelica. We had a good time there, uh, a couple of drinks, and then was happy the rest of the night. And then uh, had a birthday party over the weekend with for my godson, Alonzo, on Sunday. Even That's though awesome. it rained, uh, you know, we have those um, shelters in the parks in Virginia Beach, dry. 
while it rained out around us. So, other than that, playing a lot of Ghost of Shima. That's pretty much it. <laughs> TV watching, movie watching, some, uh, I did finish up an anime series that I left hanging out there, Bungo Stray Dogs, season three. Good wrap up for that. And just um, looking forward to some of the new shows dropping this week. What's dropping this week? Uh, Umbrella, uh, Umbrella Academy season two drops this week on Netflix. Um, and then uh, a movie to one of my favorite animes on Crunchyroll, Goblins there, dropped this week too. So I'm going to try to uh, power through those before school starts. Oh, that's always a bonus. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yep, I just graduated from ODU, Pro, uh, Chelly. Awesome. All right, so let's see. Let's get with my notes. I don't want to... I'm watching out for see if we can get Joel to come back. Hopefully he can. But, uh, alrighty. Yeah, so Joel is uh, joining us. As soon as we can get him back, we'll uh, continue that conversation. Also, uh, let's see. Oh. What, what have you? I been up to? I've been deep in the trenches trying to work on stuff for uh what some stuff for an event coming up that we're gonna work on mm -hmm. uh back and forth conversations uh did have uh friends come over sunday uh they decided to want to shift to a new adventure box adventure and that's the uh descent into avernus mm. so sunday was spent as a character creation night i get to read the module they work on characters because they asked me to dm for them even though they know I'm busy doing things, but I kind of feel if I don't do it, then the group might fall apart. Maybe not, but you know, I like to have fun. I'm watching that and all the other fun things. It's all anything else going on? Oh, I'm trying to have fun here, yeah. you know. Well, it was a it was a good hangout at farmhouse. We gotta, yes, we gotta farmhouse make was a lot of fun to hang out. Oh, the food was good. Uh oh, we gotta make that a regular every couple of weeks or so. Totally. Yep. Even if uh, the governor puts the hammer down, we still can get in before curfew. <laughs> Come back. Joel, do we have you? Bring him back from the abyss. Because he's so. been really missed. Hello, hello. I think I can fix it. All right. I hear voices. I hear voices too. Sheltered in the block. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> Shadster, I will totally talk about it in state of game. <laughs> I've got a, I got a lot of great news today, so we can wait just a little bit longer. Just a little bit. <laughs> yes, there is some good news. <laughs> oh, I'll make sure I mention I pass that along because I'm pretty I don't think Joel ran away to get more pie. I only like pecan <laughs> pie, so if it's not no, pecan I didn't. pie, I don't want it. All right, we got looks like we're getting some. So it's just the video. <laughs> Alrighty. I see a video. Alright. Okay. I am back with a vengeance. You are back? Yep. Are you riding a motorcycle with a vengeance? Flaming head? Okay. 
All righty, yes, and we have Joel back. Yay! Yay! So much for the patience. Apologies to all at home who uh, want to see my ugly mug for whatever reason. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I'm all here. Good. There we go. All right. So before we were kind of interrupted, how you doing, Joel? Oh man, I am. Uh, I'm good. I'm better now that we're together. You know. <laughs> I always feel better together. You know, in a good, uh, good circle of friendships. So we were just talking about all the various things we've been up to for the last week. Uh, we had a yes. local brewery in the area called Farmhouse. So we went, uh, Ryan and I and his girlfriend went to visit at. Nice. Uh, so it was nice to get a couple of drinks and then go play some board games with friends. What about you? What you been up to? I know you are a very, very busy man. I am. Um, we're coming up on the last few days of our Kickstarter for Mithril Armory for the for the D20, the flat D20s. So that's nice. coming up in the next few days. Um, we just finished the third episode of Into the Mist. Uh, that was that last night. Was that yep. last night? That, that was, was last night. night. That was last night. I can understand if days feel like they're starting to bleed together. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm in Barovia um yeah it's the mist everything is misty uh um and uh yeah what else is going on gosh we're we're finally making some headway on the realmsmith kickstarter which has been a long time coming with covid and all that stuff so that feels like we're coming out of the clouds there as well that's good um and gosh there's just there's just so much just just planning and and mapping out the the strategies, the stories, the the team. Um, there's a lot going on. Rumsmith is and Rumsmith and Mithril Armory are both just um, all pistons firing at once right now. That's good. That's good. Everything been going on. It's nice to get get all the rust shaken off and get moving. Totally. So, what can you tell us about the uh, Rumsmith Kickstarter? Because uh, I'm, I'm curious, and I'm I'm sure uh, quite a few people in the chat are curious too. Intrigued. Oh well, I mean, we ran a Kickstarter for for boxes. Gosh, it would have been last summer, and that's the one where you could turn the box into the DM screen, right? That's right. Okay. And so, um, I mean, COVID and uh, a lot of things actually kind of came and became very well. We learned a lot. Let's put it that way from our Kickstarter about how not to run a Kickstarter. <laughs> Um, if I'm if I'm totally honest, um, we just we kind of bit more than we could chew, bit off more than we can chew on that one. Uh, so there's a number of things we committed to doing that we just, in retrospect, now having run a whole bunch of or not a whole bunch of, but some other campaigns, and you know me and Dave who plays uh, Muskoka. We, we run a channel on YouTube called Kicking It, and we so we review a whole bunch of Kickstarters. And it, it became pretty clear after doing, you know, five or six of these different reviews of other people's Kickstarters that, yeah, that we had done the Realm Smith one just in the wrong way. And I don't think it was, it, it certainly wasn't intentional, um, but it was just very, very complicated and ambitious. And we had a few people along the way tell us, Gosh, this is a really ambitious Kickstarter. You guys uh, sure you want to try that? And we're like, yeah, it'll be great. You'll be, you'll love it. And I mean, it's either go big or go home, right? I mean, well, to be honest, if you had gone any smaller, you might not have learned the stuff you learned. 
That's true, but I but unfortunately, people don't really like to pay for other people's educations. Even parents avoid trying to pay for other people to be educated. Their kids, namely, um, so because it's expensive, and you oh, want to yeah. get something out of your hard-earned money. So it it became one of those things where we just felt like we had to accept, kind of take our lumps, and decide to kind of do a combination of refund and fulfillment. Uh, we have a box business that's been going for a long time with Realm Smith. Uh, we have a whole bunch of stock in the warehouse, but it's just the completion of all the different higher end items that became impossible due to all, all of the different um, situations like the shipping time from China, the actual production of content uh, being supplied to a warehouse in China, um, and then partnerships with American suppliers when the boxes were being fulfilled in Canada. So there's only really very specific items that can move between our two, our borders right now. And that's caused all kinds of crazy problems. So we've had to just go back to the community and say, we're, we're sorry, we can't fulfill this thing the way we wanted to. Um, we will do what we can and refund the rest. And so that's been, that's been, that's the Kickstarter news for Realmsmith. It's sad but at least we're making progress and we're trying to regain some of the trust that's, up, that's lost when you tell people you're gonna give them something for their money and then you, they don't see anything for a while. It's really hard to regain people's trust. So that's what we're trying to do. It's called Project Regain Trust is what we've called it. So, yeah. uh, being a fairly new member of the Realm Smith community myself and from what I've seen, I think the community is more than a little patient. Oh, understanding. Man. So I don't think there'll be, I, I don't think you're going to necessarily lose a lot from attrition, but I think you're definitely, you definitely have a pretty loyal fan base at this point. Well, we just want to keep it that way. I mean, we, we know here's what, here's what's unfair is at Gary Con last year, uh, not this one, but the one before it was yeah. the first time we ever met Matt Mercer. The day that Gary Con started, was the day, sorry, the day, yeah, the day that Gary Khan started was the day that they had closed their $11 million Kickstarter for Critical Role's comic series. Oh, wow. So we were going into the Kickstarter thinking like, oh my goodness, people love Dungeons and Dragons. This is going to be amazing and are we, we are, live up. Are we talking the comic or the show? The show, the show, sorry. Okay. Because I was, I was thinking, because I remember when they released that that thing for their animated show, that like <laughs> was like st stupid wildfire type. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so we it was just this weird coalescing of like hearing from him, meeting him, seeing the success of the Kickstarter, wanting to run our own Kickstarter, kind of falling into this whole realm of Dungeons and Dragons along with other people who are succeeding in this community. And then that kind of fueled the ambition of, of us at Realmsmith to try to do more than we could do. And wow. you find us a year and a bit later and it's like, where is everything? So that's, and then COVID, um, which is not an excuse, but it's an excuse because it's valid, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's COVID is, caused a lot of things to be rethought i mean i'm sitting here been kind of dabbling in the whole content creator space and finally with covid and getting laid off because of it now i have all of this time to pour into it and i'd have to yeah. say it's been 
amazingly explosive. I mean, in getting involved with the Realmsmith community, get it from there, getting a D&D show started uh, that is kind of trying to be as cooperative with the community as possible. Yeah. And then <laughs> in this situation, I get to have you, one of the first people of the, of the Realmsmith family, to come onto the show, which... It's like I someone had suggested I try and get y'all on to interview, and it's yep. like, all right, the hit list is started. Lack of a better term, <laughs> <laughs> I know the hardest yes. person to get will be Jason because that's a huge bounty. Well, he's uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's also never mind. I was gonna say something <laughs> derogatory, but I won't because he's my friend. Yeah, and yeah that's not him. cool. <laughs> he's, a, he's a diva. He'll never do it. Oh. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. No, he'll do it. I, I think I can amass the army of Barovians. Oh, do it. That's the way to do it. Just hold something over his head in game and he'll figure it out. He'll make it happen. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. that's definitely a lot. Oh, the uh, Mithril Armor Kickstarter about to start, right? Yeah, you're, we're finishing the cards and then you've got another one that you're about to drop, right? Yes. So uh, we fit this like this t this ten twenty uh, mithril armory Kickstarter as a two weeker because we are working on a relatively large one, hopefully uh, with puzzle boxes. So it's in it's in conjunction and in partnership with our friend Brandon uh, Perkins, who uh, DM'd Order of Dragonsbane on our YouTube channel and also plays Sterling um, in Into the Mist. Um, and played snow in wild mount so we're working with brandon to um to release a puzzle box which is going to be super cool like basically as a dm buy these five puzzles that we built a little bit of a campaign narrative on an examples how to use and uh they'll be the oh this is a sneak peek i this this is something we're working on right now but um one oh, of we're we're not going to tell anybody right chat we're going to keep it all to ourselves <laughs> there's, there's a few people in here so um but but effectively what we would like to have accomplished is the kickstarter represents the first campaign kind of narrative and then if you back at different levels when we reach certain milestones uh stretch goals mm -hmm. per se um you un you unlock new campaigns to use these particular puzzles with. So they're very open puzzles. Uh, you can use them in tandem. You can use them individually. Uh, but the combination of them in different structured storylines is kind of the interesting part. So we're we're really really pumped about it, and I think it's going to be awesome. So super excited about that one. Yeah. Really I'm excited. I'm going to have to ask us, hey, can I get one to test? <laughs> we might have to send you one. That would be awesome. One yeah, for scuba. Really, really cool. So, all right. So we got that. So real quick, uh, we're gonna. I know we're going to have more questions for Joel. And I know I know a character that Brandon's going to play here soon. And I'll talk about more, more about that in a few minutes. But uh, let's get into our movie review this week. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to see this movie. But uh, we have... Switch over. As usual, Rye, uh, the proprietor of RyeReviews.com, has uh, worked on another movie for us. This is called Old Guard. Yes, sir. With Charlize Theron. Great movie. I had a chance to check it out today. 
But uh, Rai, take it away and tell us about The Old Guard. All right. The Old Guard is a, um, a film on Netflix, so it's available to anybody that has Netflix. And it's an ad adaptation of a graphic novel, which I learned along the way. I did not know that. Um, the central idea is that the Old Guard focuses on a group of mercenaries that are immortal to an extent. And they are exposed by, um, by a certain group in the film. And they want to use the, the the immortals to create their own like living, breathing drug, or you know, try to take over the world that way. So basically, they have enemies on all fronts. Not only do they have to go against this like corporation in the movie, a new immortal emerges that they have to take under their wings and teach teach her how to uh, um, understand her powers and how to live within it. So basically, the story focuses on this group of mercenaries fighting this corporation. And making sure that the the knowledge of their secrecy doesn't get exposed to the world, and that's pretty much the premise. But what makes this film very enjoyable is a uh, is a is a twofold approach. One is the the focus of the theme of what is immortality and the action. Those are the two big things in the film that I was glued to from beginning to end. Um, the action is so precise and top notch; it just catches you off guard. And the unpredictability with that inclusion of immortality creates a dynamic where um, how far can they go with fighting and how much damage can they take in each fight. Um, and that co coincides with that theme of immortality. Uh, the one great thing that I appreciate about this film, which I told Scuba before the podcast, is how they handle what immortality is. Um, they do live a long life, but there is a, a finite point to where it um, it ends. Um, but when that ends, there's there's a mystery to it. And the way the exposition is told is through character conversation, which I appreciate more because it's not force fed. It's not uh, given to you on a on a on a silver plate. It's uh, broken down through conversation, so it allows a more humanistic approach to characters that would be deemed godly. Um, so overall, the, the film is very fast-paced, very precise with the action. And then when it gets into the, the final 20 minutes, everything comes to head. Um, I think it gets kind of shaky near the end because there's a lot of foreshadowing techniques that it's obvious or what will happen at the end. A couple twists, a couple typical um, um, action archetypes with the villains. But overall, it it is a, is a fun-filled journey um, with Charlie Theron in the lead. And it, it definitely was a treat to watch on that. Take it away, Scuba. Yeah, um, like I said, I had a chance to check this out earlier today, and I actually fell in love with it, especially toward the latter part. Uh, being a mil being a veteran and being someone who 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 was a who who was a former Marine himself, I really do appreciate some of the, the way some of those influences, just as a kind of a not so much a militaristic, but the fact a team that has worked together so long that they can predict each other's movements and a comp. Uh, be um oh what's the word? a complimentary yeah to okay. those movements there's a whole sequence in the latter part of the film where it's like you're just watching it and it's just like the it, yes it's choreographed i get it it's hollywood but man it looked really really cool watching it from point to point to point it was really really awesome and it it, it shows that bond yeah it's like it's like seeing the team of uh, of players at in, in into the mist kind of really work together exactly yeah. I, it, and and 
actually a good tie-in for that as well as the uh the tie the previous season with tides and this is not so much the characters but the fact that all of you at the table mm. being able you're even even with into the mess having dave muskoka come in who's completely new and i have no i completely out of left field character yeah. which i'm sure there's some background stories that'd be great oh yeah pester him about at some yeah. point but the fact that because you guys have been playing at the table so long and friends so long, your character choices and your character builds all inadvertently complement each other, I huh. think. It, it is fascinating to see a story where team, like an actual team, needs each other's abilities to get things done, you know? Um, and and it's really cool to see story storytelling like that in Hollywood because it's like, you know, there are there are... Um, ensemble casts. I think of like the uh, the the Ocean's Eleven. Uh, what are those? The casino heist ones. Uh, Ocean Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, 11, Ocean's Eleven. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, George Clooney, Brad Pitt. That was exactly when you when a you were able Solomon to tell a story film. of group of a group of people coming together to accomplish a task, uh, nefarious or not. It, it's really impressive that you know this, the storytellers can weave that thing together. It's great. Oh, right. Was there anything that was kind of shortfalling on this film? Um, the the only shortfall is, is the fact that it is a it is predicated on a typical action uh, outline. So it's like even with the strong themes and the strong character and the strong ensemble cast, um, the outline itself is very uh, relative to the genre. So when when they foreshadow things, you kind of knew how things were going to happen beat by beat. But that's uh, pushed to the wayside because of the great acting, the great um, the great bond between everybody. And just like you pointed out, just watching them in action is, even though it's choreographed, there's a realistic approach to that choreography. Like when they're walking through the hall and they're tapping their shoulder and they're turning and they're just one-shot kills so quick, it just catches you off guard. Well, I think that's part of the experience. Yeah. The other thing I really like about this is this feels like kind of a modern Highlander. There can only be. So if you think if you think about the original Highlander story, is these are in, just random individuals across time that just happen when they have some when they die they get they something activates and then they're they can they every time they're killed they come back unless they're decapitated. What is nice about this is there is an actual endpoint. Yeah, this isn't does not require decapitation to kill one. And that the it's so I think that's uh, I think that's also a sign of how you tell how you take an idea and give it new life because the whole I'm immortal is kind of a one trick pony. Yeah. <laughs> Once you say it, it's that that's it. I mean, unless you come up with something, I mean, how many creative ways can you kill an immortal? Well, sooner <laughs> or later you get bored. Yeah. But uh, so, Ryan, what would you uh, call this one? Uh, overall, I think the old guard it was a genuine treat. Um, the action is top notch. The the character development is good, and the way they don't uh, stupefy the exposition is great. Um, but it is an action film. It does predicate on a gener gen generic outline, so you kind of see what's going to happen near the end. But overall, I would say it would be worth seeing at the theater as a matinee. So three point five out of five. Yeah, Joel, have you had a chance to check this one out? You're muted, my friend. I, I haven't, but now I will. It uh, is on. Yeah, it is on yeah. Netflix, so it, it it is up there. And 
it did tease near the end um, of a possible kind of sequel. Yeah. What that sequel would be, who knows? We'll see. I don't want to. We don't want to spoil it too much more. But no. that's uh, that's our review. If you want to check out more reviews, go to ryereviews.com, all one word, and uh, check out all of his reviews. And uh, if you have a suggestion for a review, go and reach out to us uh, via social media or through our Discord, and we can put that on our list to check out. Yep, I did uh, did the comb, so I do have a few movies coming down the pipeline. So that we on to state of game now typically normally state of game we would sit there and talk about the various games we were playing and what we were playing which we could still do however we're going to do this with joel because joel is an avid gamer even maybe not video game yet which we might get him to tell us about any video games he has a chance to play <laughs> or uh, talk about the tabletop things. But before we uh, get into that, I have been teasing about this for a couple of shows, and I'm now going to sit there and reveal. And Shadstra, I think if he did, if I don't reveal it soon, he might come through the Discord and strangle me. Yeah, he's going to explode. But, uh, uh, on August 7th, I'm going to start a 24-hour live stream for to raise money for Extra Life. This is a thank you to the community for helping me reach affiliate status, which Thank to you. be honest, I didn't expect I'd reach six months into active streaming, and I did. So I have to thank the community. Uh, as part of that, I'm going to do something special, and I'm going to have a charity one-shot D&D adventure. This is a module out of set out of a out of a dungeon mag from which uh, the early '90s, uh, issue 35. It's called Twilight's Last Gleaming. And my cast has been assembled. They are working on their characters. That cast will be uh, Shadster. Here, in, here is one of our moderators for here, as well as on the Realmsmith uh, community. Uh, John A. is also a, a moderator from the Realmsmith community. He'll be joining us. And the big, the big news is the fact that we will have Brandon Perkins. We will have David Sheen, and we will, and just confirmed today. Adam Maines. Nice. So we have got Sterling, Bolt, and Rowan. I sp I'm spell saying that right. Yeah, I got. I've no. got their characters yeah. in my head. But all three <laughs> of them will be joining this. This will be a lot of fun. We plan to start at about 4 p.m. Eastern time on the seventh, and we will go until the module is complete. So, yeah, this is going to be fun. These are all level eight characters. They have been working on that. Uh, been having a lot. This is a lot of what I've been working on over the weekend is on building maps through Incarnate, working on creatures, because this is a second edition module. So I have to upscale it to fifth edition. Wow. And, it's, and so the, all they know is the environment they're going to be in is going to be extremely cold. It's going to be like this is like the Ar an Arctic area kind of thing. So there was questions about cold weather gear. There was questions about what they can get. I gave them a very generous... Uh, starting wealth because that was the first challenge how are you going to prepare for what i have in mind this is supposed yep. to be a strategic and tactical game <laughs> which people have seen me play in a lot of the games i play i tend to have kid gloves on for newer players because newer players tend to do things that are a little crazy like set a house on fire while you're on the second floor if you don't know what i'm talking about go check out challenge accepted <laughs> see those shenanigans but yeah that's crazy 
I'm I'm so excited. No, I'm not planning TPK, but death is an option. But given the players that we're gonna have, I imagine this is going to be wild. So far, yeah, these character I mean, builds the, are the wild. Person I, the person I fear the most in a scenario like that is David Shaheen, because he's just he's such a technical player. So yeah, that should be really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was asked. Uh, it was asked, could we do a tact, uh, 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 kind of a higher level game? And yeah. it was like, all right, well, this module calls for level eight characters. Like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. So it's very much, I get to take the kid's gloves off. I are, I, I calculate weather. I, I calculate all of it. And so I never have one option for getting out of a situation. Are you, Scoob, are you doing, so you are upping to fifth edition. You're not going to Thacko them one second edition or anything no. like that. That's good, because they they would suck. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They'd be great. I, I'm i so fuzzy on second edition, I just don't want to do that. because. But it is a challenge, because not every monster has transferred up. Right. So that adds some new challenges. For but sure. on the same token, fifth edition, I think, is very nice in the fact that it's very much an easy way for you to take elements and kind of merge them together. And I spend a lot of time <laughs> actually... I guess for lack of a better way of describing it, I study D&D &D almost mm. academically. Yeah. Between catching, uh, listening to people like Brent, uh, Chris Perkins, all of those guys over there at D&D &D, when they talk about lore, lore and everything else and yeah. looking at that. And I have amassed a, a pretty decent collection of second edition, third edition, Couldn't all of these resources for doing it. Because I, I kind of set up the clubhouse. I want people to come here and game, and if they want to DM, I want to have the supplies they need. And I don't mind DMing because as long as we're at the table having fun, then I feel good about it. I don't need to be a player, but it's the it's having it's having the social interaction at the table. I mean, you can attest. I mean, even all this crazy stuff going on with with Jason and yeah. and the rest of them there, it's like getting at the table is a highlight of the week, and you yeah. never know what's going to happen, whether it's you know, tell give somebody dissident whispers in the middle of the night just to pick on them, or you know, <laughs> run through a city with a pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Uh, Joe, what about you? What 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 other games have you been doing besides uh, the ones we all know you for? Oh gosh, well I'm an I have a, an 11, oh, 10 year old, seven year old, and five year old who are all crazy Minecrafters. So uh, we play Minecraft together all the time. Um, it's both a creative outlet for, for me and the kids, and it, it kind of stops most fights because yes. they have their <laughs> quadrant of the screen that they can play on. And they can, uh, now, you know, they'll kill each other nonstop if you let them. So I tend to kind of set some, some rules. Silas, who's the five-year-old, is the most dangerous Minecraft player because he'll just he'll just wipe you out. On uh, we only play survival mode, which means that uh, that you are you have to respawn if you die and you lose all your stuff. So the the kids take it pretty seriously. Um, it was pretty fascinating, actually. Uh, downloaded Monster Hunter. Have you guys ever played Monster Hunter? Uh, yes. We're, uh, it, that was super cool because um, I would say that's probably one of the more recent hardcore RPG uh, kind of D&D aligned character creation um, games that I've played. And uh, I had to I had to take a screenshot and video of 
the main character and Matt Mercer's voice coming through the console. I was like, what? This is creepy. So anyways, it was really, it was, that's wild. So we, I love Monster Hunter, but I'm honestly, I've spent the vast majority of my gameplay time playing Minecraft with my kids. Uh, I got a question from the chat. My moderators are being nice to let me know. Uh, question for Joel. You mentioned a potential D to, uh, to DM a game with your kids. Any updates mm -hmm. on that? Um, it's still in the conceptual phases. I'll call it that. Um, I admittedly am not as good a planner uh, as perhaps the other guys are. So... <laughs> Uh, Jason and, and Brandon, when they DM, they really put a lot into it. So they've set the bar really high for Realmsmith games. And I really do want it to be a Realmsmith, like a value add to the Realmsmith channel for, uh, for people around the internet um, who want to see how to play Dungeons and Dragons with their kids. Uh, I would never have been allowed to play Dungeons and Dragons as a kid, let alone my parents being the dungeon masters it seems kind of weird but i think there's a lot of there's a lot of lessons to be taught through dungeons and dragons that you can kind of walk a child's mind through assuming you care about your child's mind some parents <laughs> don't uh but i do uh and it would be really 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 interesting to see their reactions now they are kids from this generation so getting them to sit around a table for any length of time would be the it, it would be the biggest challenge. I'd have to pay them with candy or some other. Not necessarily. No. no. You, ex, how would you do it? Uh, I actually have a little bit of experience on this. Um, okay. My son and his friends wanted to play D and D, and they asked me to DM for them. I DM'd for I want to say two years wow. with them. They would come over, and when we sat down to play, they would be there to play. Granted, oh. if it wasn't their turn or whatnot, they would kind of lose focus. But just like with any of any any D and D any game, it's once you find something that draws <laughs> their attention in, okay. whether it's a, a quirk about the character or just the a way you describe the setting. And hmm. the biggest thing was I never took the setting seriously. I took it because. My attitude is is the table is the game is about the players telling the story. I yeah, set a scene, true. they act in the scene. If I don't try, as long as I don't try to railroad them, kids will actually keep attention. Yes, they may come up crazy ways to metagame, and sometimes they get burned for it. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's a. I think if I think once you once once you once you have that conversation, like, okay, what's your character want to do? How do you want to do it? And since you have that varying ra a a uh, range in ages, yeah. not all of them are going to think as detailed as, as you are. So sure. it's that kind of nudge them. And if, if you got to dumb down the rules to allow them to get that, it's where they're invested. Like, I clobbered the orc with my hammer. It's like, great. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally. One point for you. Yeah, I really do. I think that they would. I think they're, so they're super creative kids. They're, they'd be great. It's more, yeah, it's that that attention span. I, I would need to engage them collectively well. And so that would be my challenge, but but I'm out, I'm up to it. Um, I would also, there's the other guys in the in the Realmsmith crew 
who have kids and would be interesting to kind of bring the kids together or take turns, right? Like maybe my family and Dave's family and then Brandon's family and Jason's family and um, Adam, who's trying to build a family, will eventually be able to do it. Um, but it would just be fascinating to do. And I think uh, I think there's a huge vacuum right now for, for this kind of content. And gosh, we're all stuck together in our homes. Mm-hmm. So it would be really fun to do. I have the perfect basement for it, too. This is a massive room. I could just put a dark little dungeon in the middle, and and it'll be really fun. Oh, so you're going to try and rival Jason's, or dare I say, Joe Maganello's <laughs> dungeons? Wow, well, I mean, not Joe's. Because <laughs> Joe's. Joe has uh, has his, his, uh, yeah, his career paying for all of his gear. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things I would just... People, D&D people you'd like to hang out with. And yeah. Joe, Jay, I have to say, Joe, you guys and Critical Role crew are kind of in there, kind of <laughs> fighting for the, for the top, for that top three spots. But I just, it's more or less just seeing Joe's, what he came, what he did to that dungeon and made it and using the architecture was awesome. Yeah. Seeing the collection of miniatures that were always teased about in Jason's basement. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> there are so many minis in Jay's basement. You have no idea. It's 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 actually starting to be a problem. It's everyone sends, right? Because we're sponsored by WizKids and we use Reaper Mini in the boxes, minis in the boxes, and and it's like people are sending commission work, and and so you go to Jay's house and you're like, dude, we've got to do something with all of these minis that you've painted. They're everywhere it's it's incredible well i mean and he's also a collector of like larger statue like statues and and he's inspired by other people's art so he uh yeah he has quite the collection it's crazy that's mad that that's that's scary cool <laughs> it really is uh right what you been doing with uh ghost of tsushima uh ghost of tsushima well i've that's literally the only game i'm playing right now um, other than uh, taking uh, Kodak moment shots and posting them all over my Instagram. Um, I've been uh, raiding the main island, gathering my allies. I did manage to go and uh, complete Act 1, which is you save your uncle from Council Kanata. So I was thinking, this is just me probably just being a dum-dum. It's like I, I was trying to figure out, how is there like 80, 90 hours worth of gameplay on this small island? And then when I zoomed out on the map, I had the aha moment. It's like, oh, there's three, there's two other islands. <laughs> so after I saved the, my uncle, uh, the uncle last night, and we strolled into the new island, I saw where the, all the other content comes in. But, you know, it's been fun. I've been just uh, in exploration mode on the island, going to different shrines, the fox den. I've unlocked all the four stances. So now I'm just um, leveling up and just making my way through the other islands. It's just so fast-paced and it's so wonderful to be able to play an action game where it's a it's a hack and slash, but you have to be smart when you're fighting against certain enemies and being able to just um, uh, toggle between all the different stances and having all the different like ghost weapons. I have you know kanadas and smoke bombs and black bombs. Like there's a variety of ways you can fight and you can create dynamics to where you can just quickly uh, link assassinations while in the same action. So it's it's been pretty fun. Wow. But I do, I, like I said, I've been posting a lot of photos on my Instagram of the game and also some 
random like one two minute videos of some fights on my youtube so check it out yeah that's a very interesting game have you heard anything about that one joel you're muted again i ha i haven't uh it's if this is if you get the chance to check it out i would totally do totally suggest it it's a it's an open world but unlike a lot of open world action rpgs like uh the assassin's creed franchise and whatever the ui is very minimalistic yes very not very bombarded much. with a tw 20 different widgets telling you this and that you it's literally a minimalistic approach which makes it really kind of pretty and you can find you can find places where you can sit down and enjoy the scenery and write a haiku i mean this is the world of yeah. video games we've gotten into it's yeah. like we're not all about a getting along following the rail rails to get to the end it's let's stop and literally smell the flowers you literally yeah. it's a it's a living <laughs> and breathing world like every like aspect game, is, is is every aspect of it it's not just you know how open worlds there's a lot of things you need to do but you know it feels gamey this is a truly living and breathing world. Like you interact with the people. Sometimes you'll just come and you'll just talk to NPCs just to have a conversation. Um, but then again, and then you'll stroll down the road and take out a handful of Mongols and then save somebody that leads into another mission and burn down a log cabin and then voila. So yeah. <laughs> All the things you need in fuel Japan. <laughs> yes. So this is this is this game was actually like a dream come true because I've been dreaming of a samurai open world game this fulfilled my wish nice all righty so with that let's uh i call any more questions in the chat for uh joel i know i have a few and that's uh tell us a little bit about you and what you've been working on i've heard bits and pieces of various projects you've worked on or whatever so maybe if you don't mind taking a few minutes and give us your uh quick biography oh well, well. <laughs> Uh, there's no such thing as a quick Joel Loge biography. <laughs> a, you don't have to put it in a song. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I wrote a song. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know. I was, a, I was an artist, um, signed to Sony music, uh, in, uh, in Nashville for many years. And then after that, I started a gaming company. We built one of the first games on Facebook called Mouse Hunt. It's still wow. one of the big, one of the it is one of the longest lasting games on Facebook. So John still in that company. It's, it's great. Um, kind of the first monetized game on Facebook, which is awesome. Um, and then uh, so I was the CEO of that company for seven years, and then I started a company for for fans for for basically fans of music artists. So. That was a company I started with an artist called Sean Mendez, who is a Canadian kind of pop kid. Um, and uh, and then uh, and then I started working with charities, helping to kind of help them connect with people, monetize, uh, better monetize their online communities. Oh wow! And how to engage with their with their supporter on, online, and that led me to uh it's kind of a strange thing but that's all content right like all of those things it's all making content so then a tv station in canada came and asked me like hey man we don't know how to do anything online would you come and join us and you can be our chief information officer uh, chief growth officer is effectively what the title is now and uh, and so i was like huh 
linear television. It's probably dying. Yeah, let's jump there. <laughs> and I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm an executive at a, at a TV network in Canada called Yes TV. And, um, and so, yeah, I do that in the day at home because everyone's at home. Yeah. And I also, I've always been an entrepreneur. Like, I've, I've, I don't know how to stop that. I don't know how to cut that off. So, um, so then Realmsmith is like my baby with Jason and Tim. And, uh, and Mithril Armory is my other child with another legitimate husband named David Morin. And, <laughs> and, I'm sorry, and, I just can't hold the straight face of that. I <laughs> see you and Dave and, and whatnot no, you guys been up to. Right there. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Just the, the, the chemistry in the sense that you two playing off each other at the table so much. And then getting into the uh, the, the the spinners and the, yeah, it's, it's been wild. It is a it is a crazy, um, you know what? It's similar to when the this is dumb because these guys all went on to be billionaires. But that's, I'll use this analogy because my hope is that we'll all go on to be billionaires. Um, the guys from PayPal when they started PayPal, so like Elon Musk was at PayPal and. Peter Thiel was at PayPal and a whole bunch of like the world billionaires was, were at PayPal when it started and uh, they've gone on to do their own separate things, but they've all been quasi successful. I see the Realmsmith crew a little bit like that. Like we all have our creative bends. We all have the things we want to do. We're in support of each other's efforts. Um, and we all, we see that idea of, um, the rising tide raising all boats um so so as realm smith succeeds the goal is that everyone else who's along for the ride for realm smith succeeds and likewise as these other projects succeed we get to contribute to realm smith's growth and and you know that's that's all fun I, it um, works i mean all the stuff interacts together i mean you're I mean, the dice spinner is like for those people, I see that as, okay, you've got a small table and you want to play and you don't have room to be chucking a bunch of dice around. Yeah. Roll a spinner. I mean, granted, it's nice for single dice rolls. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I hate for somebody to challenge you to try and do a fireball with a, with a dice spinner. We can, <laughs> we can ship some D6s with them. I mean, we're not telling. See, here's the, the interesting thing. There's no rule on the dice spinner that says that you're not allowed to have other dice at the table. <laughs> like, you don't have to throw away everything else you own just to own this thing. Although, if you're that loyal to the dice spinner, we're okay with it. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about just this fact, the fact you can have it there, you can spin it, you don't have to worry about the dice falling off the table, sure. or somebody sitting there, oh, it's leaning against my laptop on the table, I can re-roll that, right? Right? Yeah, and it's just like, D20s have been the same, and everyone's making D20s the same way, and it's like, it's great, it's, the, it's worked really well, uh, but is there a different take on it? Um, and I think that kind of is reminiscent or indicative of the kind of people that we are. We're just crazy enough to go to people and say like, your, your D20 is dumb. Check out this one. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So um, we just, yeah, we just don't let other people say no, I guess is the question is the, is the way we approach it. That works. That works. Uh, that's, that's quite the uh, repertoire of uh, talent you got going on. <laughs> uh, and all of it only partial talent. So that's good.
It's, all, it's, all, it's always about who you surround yourself with. We've talked about it numerous times. Who you surround yourself with is indicative of how successful you are. And if you're not successful, it's how you're going about it and who you're around. Because, you know, negativity will weigh you down even even the best ideas. So. Yeah, and, and great people, man. You just want, you want them to win, you know? And so it's it's just don't optimize the world for for jerks <laughs> try not to make the world easy for people who are terrible so when you find someone great that you can partner with and kind of appreciate and 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 feed into or invest into yeah just do it it's it's fun that way i got another question for you this is from uh one of my one of my contri one of my balladeers uh mayflower Question for Joel: What is your favorite thing about playing D and D? Um, I've kind of shared this before on the players' table, which is on Thursday nights at eight p.m. For those who haven't watched, check it, it out on Realm Smith's uh, Twitch channel on Thursday nights. That's correct. You'll um, probably see me sitting in the chat as well. <laughs> thanks for that, by the way. So You're welcome. Um, my favorite thing is that it rem it's reminiscent of being in a band. I love being in a band um because you it's kind of what we were just talking about you you get to you're kind of setting up a song with other people you don't know what they're going to do but you know that they're good enough that they're going to do something that that'll surprise you so that's this the surprise element the improvisational element the the creative narrative you know like it is a it is a it is a storytelling game, uh, kind of a serial storytelling game on steroids. Uh, that that is on. There are so few art. Um, I would call it art because there are so few. Um, how would you say art endeavors or projects or things that have to do with cre the creative process that are so collaborative? Uh, jazz music. Um, a jam band if you're really good and D, &D like our tabletop rpgs mm -hmm. right um so that's why i love it so much yeah it's a, it's a great thing to all the talent at the table because obviously a band of all bass players won't sound as good as somebody who does bass somebody who does drums somebody who's yeah. does the piano all of that so for sure uh, got a comment you need comment is uh, for Joel needs to bard for us sometime <laughs> um, Master, I made you promise not to ask that <laughs> I didn't give it away I swear anyways uh, another question for you uh, this is from shadow mains uh, what is your favorite monster hunter uh, weapon or monster oh, monster and weapon that's not fair um, there's like it's really early on in the game because that's all I could actually do with my kids. Um, probably it's one of, one of the one of the major I don't know. It's one of the swords right off the bat. One of the first ones. It's got like a long chain along the back of it. I forget what it's called now. I haven't played I haven't played in like six weeks, so I, okay. I don't remember the names exactly. But uh, the whole I'm not game a... is really killer. Yeah, I I love the game. I don't I don't play it as much, and I know Shadow Mains. Uh, he's uh, one of my friends, and he's a uh, streamer who does a lot of Monster Hunter. Yes. So, oh, well, then that's then he's the pro. I'm just like I'm just like. 
I'll it's... go in, I'll die all the time, and then I leave. <laughs> At least you have fun doing it. Though, I, underst right? I understand exactly. the feeling. I understand the feeling. Same thing for me. I go in, I die, I give it a chance, and then I just like, now. Nah. Oh, yes, the hunting horn, of course. Teach me. Wild one. Teach me, Shadow Mains. <laughs> you will be our teacher. Alrighty, well, I think we're good on that. So let's uh, move into our odds and ends. Oddies and endies. Uh, For all you. Where we find random internet stories and we talk about our reactions to them. We've, as usual, Rye is very good about finding me really crazy and wild uh, stories to talk about. Yes, I'm really good at finding the stories. I have some fun news feeds, and sometimes things just pop up and be like, that is a story to talk about. And probably our first one is uh, recently Comic-Con, which we know Comic-Con and all the other conventions have been canceled because of COVID. Well, Comic-Con did a at-home event where they would stream it because that's the new thing. Yeah. And there was a tease. And for a lot of us in a particular age, we all can remember this show and this channel and would love to see it come back. And that is the G4 Network teased that they will be back in 2021. Yes, sir. This is one of those early inspirations to get into this whole content thing because I watched a lot of their older podcasts to talk about games at an intellectual level, not just a go through this room and defeat the boss by doing this thing three times. It was, you know, all of that background stuff. Um, Rye, what are your, what are your, what are your thoughts um, on that? Uh, just, uh, just the thought of it uh coming back regardless of what form it is you know tv network streaming you know some kind of podcast g4 was one of those things that kind of popularized the idea of, of video game discussions like you said it's not just you just run in complete the level level up or you know race your car around the track or complete a touchdown in madden they actually had discussions they talked about things they broke in depth and it is one of those things that i thoroughly enjoyed when i was watching back in the day so I'm excited for this coming back. Um, regardless of what form it is, I know they're going to be able to bring something genuine with how big the community has grown from the inception of this uh, channel back in the day. So, What are your thoughts, Joel? Yeah, I mean, in Canada, we got G4 Tech TV. Um, and, and really, like, I really enjoyed the G4 stuff. Uh, we didn't have the full network, though, that I know about. So, um, so there were, so we got limited snippets in the, on the networks that were carrying it nationally, like whatever they, you know, they were selling as, as individual shows at that point in time. Oh, wow. Uh, do, you guys, do you guys know if, if this is going to be like a Twitch network, is it going to be a pro, like a, like a linear uh, television network? They haven't, they, you know, they haven't released a lot. They just had a teaser video that said they, that looked like they were coming back. Okay. So I, because this is the kind of stuff we talk about here, we're probably going to keep track of this. And if it's yeah. an online streaming thing, then even better. More yeah. than likely with the way the world has evolved into heavy streaming, regardless if it's like Netflix or Hulu or, you know, Twitch or any other podcasting, it's probably going to be in that form. That's my guess. Educated guess. Well, we will have to wait and see. Ongoing story, probably. All right. Speaking of online streaming content. What do we got streaming with swords, maybe? Oh, uh, we do. Uh, Netflix has announced that they are doing a Witcher prequel series. 
that is set 1,200 years before Geralt's story. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is uh, it's going to be called uh, The Witcher Blood Origin. Like I said, 1,200 years before The Witcher. It's slated to be a six-part series discussing the origin of the first Witcher. Yeah. yeah. This is also AKA How Not to Screw Up World Lore by going far enough in the past. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think HBO's doing that with Game of Thrones. Let's just, just prequel this stuff. That way we can't jack it up. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're, they're going back in time and just making sure that it doesn't uh, have any consistency problems. But, you know, um, as reported on Screen Rant, this, it, does, it does bring to light that Netflix has found one of their, another, another diamond in the rough. They have another series they can prop up on their, on their channel be like, hey, look at all this content coming out. Not only do you have this prequel, you have the season two coming out and then just various other things that they can adapt from this novel plus the games. There's just so much story to tell. And just a side note, Witcher 3 is my favorite game of all time. I love that game. So just it, wanted to plug a, that in there. A, the Witcher games are so diverse. The story is great. But I think it's the fact that Netflix, one season of a show, and not even before the season fully was out, they're like, we greenlit season two. Season two started. It's on hold right now, like everything else because of COVID. And they're like, yeah, we're just going to do a third show. I mean, that faith in the brand. I think is really telling as far as how much money they're putting toward doing this. Yeah, and and it, it goes to show how Netflix is just just willing to pump, uh, you know, you know, content into new IPs, create, you know, original original content for the fans. They hear what the fans have said and they're like, explode. And just a plug, if you want to see, we did uh, um, um, reviews of the episodes of The Witcher, so check it out on our channel. Yes, it's one of our current earliest uh, attempts at making content. We did an episode by episode review, as well as a season review of The Witcher and of The Mandalorian. Uh, go over to uh, Scuba Studio on YouTube, and you can find those playlists and check those out. And we will bring those back when those second seasons do finally drop. Joel, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, did you get a chance to check out The Witcher? I ha I have. Yeah. I one sec. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I have. Um, love the love the original book. Um, I wonder whether or not if at times Netflix just makes these choices because um, because they have so much data on the kind of viewership they're gonna have from this type of, of genre of show. Um, because they, they could arguably they could just keep making making Witcher and uh, series and people will just watch them because there are so many there's yeah. such a large audience for this kind of content. Um, Agreed. And it's indicative. Oh, guys, I do have to jump off, but okay, I will say, um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this to the new series going back in time. I wish I could join you for the other walks all over the internet by the way but i cannot oh that is jason calling me on the phone and going where are you right now uh oh i hope i'm not keeping you late for another thing no worries man i so <laughs> appreciate it guys thank you so much for having me thank oh yeah you. you're thank always you. welcome to come back and get come back again and hang out with us nice meeting All you right. thanks guys Thank have a good show bye that was nice
Alright. Okay. So that being said, uh, let's go ahead and move on over to our next one. Boom. That is a bit on uh, Microsoft is teaming up with the NBA to do uh, Microsoft has an application called Teams and it allows you to do virtual meetings. Well, they're partnering with the NBA to take team, bring teams or bring fans back to the game via Microsoft Teams. Uh, Rod, take it away. Yes, this is an article on The Verge, and basically this team up, they're bringing in one of their new modes in Teams called Together Mode. So what this mode allows you to do is that people can virtually stand in the game and be as if they're at the game and actual, you know, like actually there, but virtually. Um, they're um, partnering because, uh, one, it's a way to bring fans back to the games because of the situation, but it also creates a new experience for people to experience the basketball games. Um, it is, I think this is a really fun and good treat. It is another way, which I talked about before the show, is that it's, it's creating a new avenue for not only being interactive uh, virtually, but being, uh, but also creating a new avenue to being interactive and uh, crowd-based events. So yeah. if this is successful, it's going to create more avenues for other venue kind of things. And the thing is, the tech side of this is interesting because there's an, the, the tech inside, the application they're going to be using that's within Teams is supposed to take you, basically take a cutout of your profile from your picture uh, on the video and, and place it in the seat to where you look like you'd be sitting next to everybody within uh, this display. Now, uh, the picture we have up here is kind of a mock-up, but these are like massive, massive LED screens that surround the uh, court and it allows you to hear and interact. And the fact that this has encouraged uh, other uh, broadcasters to kind of rethink their entire layout on how they cover a game to bring that game to the on to the uh, online viewing in a better capacity. There was a little anecdote about baseball games were actually pumping in pre-recorded sounds from the bleachers to kind of help keep that uh, environment and that ambiance of being at a game there, even though you're watching virtually. Yeah, and they will, are using MLB the Show as a way to pumping out real crowd noise for that. So another notch to the video game industry. But yeah, this is this, this is a whole new world. Uh, if you if I would like to coin a, a Disney phrase, really, we had to go there. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we did. All right, all right, we went there. <laughs> I get it. All right, I don't have much else on that one, so we're gonna move into our next one. Okay. And that is an update from the Googles. Googles. <laughs> All right, uh, and apparently uh, Google has announced that they are allowing their employees to continue to work from home until 2021. Uh, this was uh, an, an, an article from uh, NPR. Uh, originally, uh, Google was sitting there saying that they were, gonna, they were thinking to have all of their employees back in the office by the end of this year. Turns out that because of recent... Uh, updates with the pandemic and whatever and the fact that we're lo looking more long term google has went ahead and said look you don't need to be in the office then we will then we're going to extend our work from home until june 30th 
2021. So virtually a whole year where they don't have to be in the office. And this is kind of indicative to the rest of the tech community with the rest of tech companies, uh, companies like Facebook and Twitter and whatnot have already been looking at how to restructure their workforce towards permanent work from home as opposed to every so often work from home, right? Um, as you mentioned, reported on NPR, this is just uh, another way of uh, of thinking. Um, it's re uh, it's revolutionizing the way that people work and creating more avenues to work from home and companies being given more leeway to work from home like Google until July, like you said, Facebook and Twitter trying to make it permanent. It's um, they're not only looking at what benefits the company, but also put, taking in the health and safety of their own employees in into play. Um, this is not only, you know, affecting tech companies, it's affecting various other companies, including my own company, which, um, we probably won't be coming back till 2021 either. Um, so it's going to, it's going to create, it's creating a avenue to where, um, it's rethinking the work, uh, the work life, uh, how you work, where you work, uh, what involves in working. And hopefully this will produce more investment and broadband capacity throughout especially the United States because it's not as strong as in places like Japan and Korea. So it'd be very interesting. Yes. All right. Oh, we're picking up steam now. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, let's see. And our, our last one we're going to talk about and this is we're going to talk about those where it's all it's getting to be August. It's hot. It's miserable. We all want to find a way to keep cool, but we're not the only ones trying to find a way to keep cool. No, we're not. Our animal friends are trying to find a way to keep cool too. Like, check this dude out. This he, dude is chilling. He is chilling. He's like, it's a hot day. There's a pool with water. I'm just gonna lay my big black body right here. Furry, furry, furry. Uh, we got a story here. This is uh, from CNN. This is actually local to us in the in in Virginia. Uh, in the near the uh, I lost my note. All right, near George Washington National Forest. Uh, in uh, Fort Valley, Virginia, there was a, a woman out tending to her garden, and she had a visitor. He wandered around the yard and then found the pool, put one paw in, put the rest of himself in, then kind of readjusted himself, and you know just promptly decided to pass out in the pool, in the pool, and relax for about an hour <laughs> until uh, the uh, lady's grandkids got home with the dog and started making too much noise. So then, the, then the bear decided to leave. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Right. Uh, like you said, reported on CNN, um, the, the lady goes, uh, uh, Regina Keller, uh, she actually recognized the bear and she hadn't seen him in two years. So she was like, hey, home sweet home. So, you know, it is pretty funny and it just uh, epitomizes just the chill mode that we like to find in the summer. So it affects every creature, including black bears. Right. Right, right, right. I mean, this is this is awesome and, and and fun, and this beer is probably a good way to good way to kind of close out odds and ends, close out what we've been working on. Kind of chill. Just kind of chill and relax, because even though it's hot and miserable, we're all stuck at home. We can find elements like this to make us just take a moment and relax. I need to go invest in the pool now. Yeah, well, hopefully you can get one that's a little bit bigger than that. I can fit in that probably. Okay. Yep. Win-win for the small guy. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. 
Alrighty. Alright, Shadow Mains. Thank you for hanging out with us, my friend. I'll, we'll catch you on your next stream. Go check them out. Shadow Mains at twitch.tv. Alrighty. So, we're all kind of done with that. Oh, I know what we can do. What we oh, yeah. I even got a little little bonus here, too, I think. Bonus cheddar. Oh, yeah. So, over here on our our schedule. So, those are all the links you can find us and whatnot. And I got a little promo artwork for this Saturday to check out episode 10 of Challenge Accepted. Uh, it's going to be this next part of the party infiltrating the Sea Ghost to see what they find. We left at a pretty decent cliffhanger. If you're wanting to know what happened, that video is out on YouTube. This is a first. I have it out before the podcast. So go to YouTube as looks for Scuba Studio on YouTube. Go check it out. Follow, like and follow there. Help me get up to where I can get that custom URL for uh, YouTube. That would be really awesome. Well, if I thank you, and uh, also if you got access to Amazon Prime, you could use your Prime subscription to subscribe for a month. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but if you, but it's a bonus if you have Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Out there. Yep, I love Amazon Prime. I just used it to get me a John Wick Pop Funko. Scuba knows. He saw me buying it on the phone before this podcast. And he'll show us next week, I promise. Yeah, when it shows <laughs> up. I might not bring it in the house. It might get stolen, so I might do it from afar. <laughs> yep, got to watch out for those swarm of spiders. But with that, I uh, want to thank again, thank everybody for hanging out with us. Thank, thank you. you for Realmsmith and the raid. That thank was you. A great way to kick off the uh, show. Um, thank you to the community. Thank you to all of you who subscribe, follow, check us out tonight. Continue to uh, check us out and support us. Every type of support is helpful because it takes resources to do this, and we want to continue to grow. And without the community, we can't grow. So much love to the community. As I said, uh, next week we'll talk more about the 24-hour stream and talk a little bit more about the game and whatnot and the itinerary. Uh, we'll have more reviews and more things and figure out who I'm going to ask to come and hang out with us next from Realm Smith. Cause we started. May as well make it a set. Who's next? <laughs> with that, thank you, everybody. Peace. Oh, wait. Y'all can still see us as we do this because yeah. I rebuilt those overlays. Yes. Oh, what was I thinking? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. You know, I wanted to I wanted to take it up a notch. So, you know, I read this. We got our <laughs> latest follower, latest subscriber. We're just kind of rambling now because, you know. Yeah, there's nothing else going on. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you all. Oh, and before I forget, thank you to the mods. You mods are a blessing. Love. I could not do this without the mods.